from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Back in your room, Bill George. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors in the studio on this chilly, chilly West Coast Florida morning. It's uh, 50-ish or so <sighs> outside today. Uh, it's a little chilly. Wind's uh, not blowing too hard out there, at least according to the pine trees. But out on the water, it's going to feel like it's a hurricane. So everybody be out there. Be safe. Getting over to Gasparilla today, especially if you're going by boat. And uh, also, you are going to be out there. <coughs> Drink responsibly, and uh, please, please don't drive. Don't drive home. There's too many other options these days. Uh, but in the studio this morning, we have myself, Braden Gunn, Glenn Kimmon. Uh, we got Bill George, Jonathan Swindle, and Chuck Ishne, who's uh, in here. And then Aaron's over there eating all the donuts. On, uh, on top of that, no drinking and driving. That includes boats. There are yes. a lot of BUIs. There are. <laughs> Can we just make a blanket statement? Anything with a wheel, if you've had a couple of adult cocktails, don't drive it. That would be a that would be a pretty good blanket statement. Uh, speaking of blanket statements that go the wrong way, before the uh, top of the hour, we let you know that on our Facebook page, we have a nice little post that seemed to elicit uh, quite a few feelings out there. And uh, according to Ask Men... We, uh, the toxic masculine uh, people out here in the world, uh, they wrote an article entitled Obsolete Man Skills You Should Ditch. And there are seven of them. Obsolete manly skills that you should replace with. And that's what they do. They give you a little suggestion. And I'll go ahead and start with number seven. Uh, number seven is one that we don't seem to have a problem expressing very much here in this room is uh, holding your emotions in. <laughs> <laughs> Only person who really has to do that in this room is Jonathan Swindle. <laughs> because if we turn him loose, there'll be no walls left in the radio station. So uh, it's like Kong on a bender. Uh, instead of uh, instead of holding your emotions in, I'm not that bad. No, you're not. They should. You know, here you go, Jonathan. So help you out. Instead of holding your emotions in, <laughs> you should uh, learn to talk about your feelings. You should. You know. You're, it helps your emotional maturity. So, I do that three hours every Saturday morning. So you could do that. And uh, if you need to, you know, maybe consider going into therapy and see if there may be any other mental health issues that you might be uh, being plagued with so that you become a healthier, happier version of yourself. And yeah. get on the no gun buy list. <laughs> uh, number you beat six. me to that point. Number six. Uh, don't talk to me about this. Because it seems to always be the woman who in, uh, initiates this, especially around children, is number six is being a disciplinarian, being that guy, being uh, being the dad. And, you know, how many times have you heard the words, do you, know what your, dad gets home. do you know what your son has done? You really need to talk to your son. You really ought to have a chat with your son because blank, 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 and whatever. And uh, it just seems to be one of those things that um, – I don't know. It kind of goes hand in hand with marriage, I guess, perhaps. It's one of those things. See, see, but I don't get that one because straight up, my mama would knock me out if she had to. And yeah, but if your father had gotten a hold of you, you wouldn't be here. Well, today. but I'm just saying yeah. the fear factor was already in place with mom. 
And huh. she's like, you just wait till you get, I mean, it was, you just wait till you get, your dad gets home. My mother was the Cuban and Tom Brady with a shoe. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's like. She could hit me from any distance. Holy crap. If this is what's coming from her and that threat's on the, you know, that nuclear option's on the table of when your dad, wait till your dad gets home. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. There was always that fear. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, uh, being the disciplinarian, I think, I mean, you don't have to go out there and whoop your kids to within an inch of their life, but somebody's uh, got to be the grown up. Somebody's got to be the one who walks in and goes, do that again. Things are not going to be pleasant around here, so let's I'll, stop doing that. I'll end you and make another one look just like you. Well, which takes us to number five, which is they tell us that we should stop being a leader, which uh, I hate to tell you, but uh, 99.5% of all Christians, according to that book, it says you are supposed to be the leader. So if you want to give up your Christianity as well, then you know jump right on that train. So in other words, learn to collaborate Work together, which I thought that's what a marriage was anyway. So that's I don't what a leader know does anyway. Exactly. A good leader knows who to appoint and what and what direction Delegate and whatever they do. Number four, Glenn, this is a target to you because you do this more than I think anybody in this room besides maybe Bill George is fixing things at home. You got to give that up, my friend. <clears throat> You're being toxic in your masculinity when you get out there and pick up a hammer and go out and actually. Listen, I'm not giving it up because if I do that. Then I don't have any reason to borrow Courtney's tools. <laughs> she has a better selection of all kind of tools and power drills, everything. So uh, just this past week, I was demolishing a, a big deck that we had outside, and I asked, I said, Courtney, can I use your uh, impact drill? And you know what she says? I'll help you. She wouldn't let me use it. I thought she was going to say something my dad would say. Just make sure you put it back where you got it. Oh, no, but she didn't even want to say that because she knows that's going to be very hard for me to do. So she just went out there and helped me tear it's that better not end apart. up in your toolbox is all I got to say. So uh, I don't – I think this is just really ridiculous, but go ahead. But now the thing that you're going to replace this with, their suggestion is, is learn how to decorate. I hang the Christmas lights. What <laughs> magazine is this? Ask me. Right where she told you to do it, too. Absolutely. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said the name of the magazine is Ask Men? Yes, Ask Men. I told you. It, was, it must be from Sausalito. <laughs> but, you know, they're saying that, you know, in the contemporary the culture. popping out on Jonathan's head. <laughs> It says right here, well, it's a running gag in uh, contemporary culture that women put a lot of effort in decorating their homes and uh, filling with the basic household necessities while men, well, sleep on the la- on the mattress lying on the floor and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So maybe you should take more time and, uh, you know, instead of fixing things at home, you should just learn to decorate better. I have got deer, turkey, hogs, all kinds of dead critters hanging all over the walls in the house. Um, I put them up. I know. And yeah, uh, it looks great. Leather no. furniture. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I put I topped the Christmas tree this year with a European mount. There you go. See, there's decorating right <laughs> there. Right there. And and not only that, but you uh, fixed the light socket once you overloaded it and blew out a you know a fuse or a, box or a breaker. Or but I just put a bigger one in. There That's you fine. go. Blue breaker. Uh, number three, they suggest that men uh, to make yourselves a little bit better in this world is to stop repairing your own automobile. Until or they, car uh, or truck. If they want to pay my bills, I'd be happy to. And that's what I was going to say. Until you say, well, this is going to cost you $1,200. What? But uh, if you just get the parts, I can fix it for you. How much is that? $300. Ah, yeah, man, do it. Yeah, and their alternative <laughs> to that is learn how to code. Instead of fixing the car that gets you to work, 
you know, to go get your tools or uh, do any of the other stuff like that, then you should uh, learn something a little bit different. Yeah, but then you don't have to leave your house. You can just sit in your house no, and case play on the point. computer. No, yeah, right. And then again, too, they with the cars of today, I mean, a lot of it is technicians. So I've got to read, the, uh, in some cases, just the, the basic instructions on uh, on it. So I, I do share. I get Courtney to read it. And tell me what it says. I think any car that Show was me built. what it does on this smartphone. Hey, how do I get to this? Well, and how many, how many of those things now do you see that they sell you that it's the brain box that you plug into sure. your truck that ECM. will tell you. Yep. Yeah. That will tell you, okay, <laughs> this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Yeah. Well, so I guess so that you can get to the mechanic and go, according to my machine, this is what you need to fix. Yeah. Uh, so. Now, I will say on some of the newer model cars and stuff like that, when you open the hood up, you look in there and you go, okay. I'm not even going to attempt this. Uh, you know what? Um, Give me an old 354 bolt main. There you go. Easy peasy. With a carburetor. Uh, number two is something that I think every male really in their lives try to avoid. But when it comes down to it, sometimes you just got to do it. And that's fighting. Number two is fighting. <laughs> Everybody's got a plan until they get hit. Exactly. <laughs> everybody hit in the mouth. Everybody can back up and go, look, dude, I don't have a problem with you. And all of a sudden, okay, now did the you, game has changed. Did you uh, see what I posted on my Facebook page this week? Which one? Uh, what scene from one of my favorite movies involving Robert Duvall playing a character by the name of Hub McCann when oh. four little smart Alex decided to walk yep. into the store? From a movie called Secondhand Lines. Secondhand Lines. I'm just leaving that out there. Yeah, go check it out. It's uh, you can find it at your local blockbuster. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one left in the country. Uh, so fighting instead of fighting, what you should learn to do, Glenn, from your old knuckle days, is you need to learn how to mediate. I do pretty good at that. He sits in the middle over there. <laughs> he don't have to mediate. You know, how, you know how Glenn mediates in a fight. He just points at Doug and go, don't make him mad. <laughs> you see what I got on the leash back here? You see this guy right here? Don't, 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 don't provoke him. He's yeah. happy right now. Yeah. yeah. Let's just keep him happy. Because I fed belly. him earlier. Yeah. We're going to take go duck hunting tomorrow. Gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be uh, duck hunting tomorrow, so please don't have him injure his knuckles. Yeah. Uh, number one is the one that I think uh, Chuck probably went off the deep end and everybody in the room did as well. Uh, the number one thing that men should uh, is obsolete and men shouldn't do anymore is hunting. And to them, I will say they need to read a book called From Boys to Men, A um, a Journey of the Heart. Oh, no. We're going to break. So just hold. Just, <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason why I want you to hold on to the break is because the alternative is has a lot to do with number one, which is just tells me what kind of idiot actually wrote this article. And now they have no clue on what's going on outside of their cubicle somewhere outside of New York City. It's amazing no, to just, me. We, wanna, we get our rebuttal time when we come I, back. I, we will. All right. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stop in and see both today. It's a nice, cool day to go visit, and it'll be a good day to go in there and shake a hand and make some friends. All right? It is the Big and Wild. We'll be right back. Jeez. I'm so glad these microphones are not hot during the breaks. Oh, there, it, right. it's, it's, you know, I always get those people. Uh, let's meet, ride. I meet out on the street, and they're like, you know, you guys ought to do an in between show. 
had the you know, camera. We, we that's what I was saying. Camera, had the camera. And have all that stuff, and I'm going, no, that's a bad idea. As long as well, it doesn't have audio, whenever, that's fine. Yeah. Whenever you get, and you got to take this for what it is. It's just an article. It's just somebody that has their opinion, and they put it on paper, and then they put it on the, the web for us to read. And, but then again, and we all know what opinions are like. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that you look at it, and you figure uh, – we reached probably over 5,000 people on our Big and Wild page just for this article. And how many people responded was around 35, somewhere around there. Uh, you want me to tell you what scares me about this article? Is I have two young daughters that are, you know, eventually one day, God willing, are going to be in the dating pool and yeah, but you'll be 40, the, right? Yeah, but see, yeah. though, but, <laughs> but the thing is, is that you're, they, you're their example. Yeah, so. exactly. You done, you done showed them what it's like to be, uh, a father, a, a leader. Oh, I know that. Someone it just it's, it sets the example, and of course, you know, you, you you get them. You just you're raising them up the way that that you think is the right way. Mm-hmm. But whenever somebody reads this and then they implement their views into their thoughts, you just got to make sure that you give them the the information and the structure that they need to make a good decision. Well, I, mean, I was going to say that you know this thing on this article here has been shared over fifty one thousand times. So. Um, what, you, if, if you added that to ours, if it was the same, if they got the same kind of reaction, anywhere to three to five thousand people, they've reached a lot of people with the article. And how many of those people are going to go? You know what? That's absolutely right. Or they agree with it. Or uh, I can tell you this much. Uh, I mean, they actually called out. Some start talking directly. I was going to say that on the on the one, the number one thing that men should stop doing that's abs- that's considered to be obsolete according to AskMen.com is hunting. And uh, it says, of course, it was an important skill in human history, but in the light of uh, cheap, readily available factory farmed meat, hunting relationships to food is actually eat uh, has disappeared for the overwhelming majority of the population. If you grew up in a rural area, there's a good chance you learned to shoot game at some point. But as uh, many and many contemporary guys fantasize about being able to kill a wild animal and eat it like Mark Zuckerberg, uh, particularly if you live in the big city, uh, there's really not much real world benefit to that glorification is what the way they put it. And that's absolutely wrong. Yeah. Like I said before we went to break, there's there's a book out by Dr. Randall Eaton called From Boys to Men of Heart, A Rite of Passage. And uh, in it, what it, it really delves into the social impacts and the, um, <clears throat> the formation of the well-adjusted male in society through hunting and through learning conservation and compassion because of hunting. And that's what's missing in part, part of our society. And the guys, I did an interview with them about four or five years ago when that book came out, and it's fantastic. I, I suggest anybody who hunts or fishes should read it. If you're a sportsman, it's extremely important. Well, I think there's so many life lessons that are learned when you're out there in the woods, uh, whether you get something or not. Uh, just the time that you spend out there with other males that are older than you or leaders out there, and you see how they interact with each other. And I know this Gillette thing is the one that got this all started, but uh, rarely have I ever been into a deer camp or a situation where guys are roughhousing or drunk, sloppy idiots and, you know, just doing stupid things, firing guns off it, whatever. I mean, no. there's none of that. As a matter of fact, it's probably more structured around a hunting camp than it is in their very own homes. Absolutely. Because they and- know they can get away with anything over with mom or somebody like that. But when they're around other men, 
You, uh, Glenn knows my children, and I have, have no problem if they were doing something wrong. And Glenn walks over and goes, "Hey, you knocked you that might, off. You might not want to do that because yeah. you're blah 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 blah." When they hear it from somebody else, they go, "Oh, well, my dad told me the same thing the last time I did it. Now he's telling me to do it, so maybe it is true." You yeah. know well, what I mean? And, and, he, he reinforces that's it. That's right. But, yeah. What What is it they they want you to replace hunting with? Something that we all do anyway. If you kill your own game, we all do this. Instead, learn to cook for yourself. Who does most of the cooking well, in their house? Uh, me. My, me. Pro- my thing in, in that article, too, where it says about killing and eat, has this guy not heard about the farm-to-table movement or the you know the field-to-table movement that's going on throughout the whole country, not just from like me with the guys that we work out with at the gym and everything these else? These people eat tofu and quinoa. Well, no, but I mean that you talk to these people now, and even I've read articles of people who are even – against guns and everything else but they still go out and harvest wild game because there, they don't want the like you just said factory farm sure they, they, food. there's a new group of people now called ethical vegans yeah and they are into hunting yeah and you know producing their own food not just farming but also procuring it from the wild whether it's gathering or hunting well yeah. now this suggestion here is instead of you going out and doing what chuck just suggested which to me sounds much more fun uh, they suggest just uh, ordering in or uh, try a meal kit delivery service. So don't even go to the grocery store. Yeah, just have yeah, it delivered your to your house. Yeah, you, where you get one of those dinners in a box for $90 that could have cost you 15 if you made it from scratch. And, if you, went out, and if you went out and shot it, it would cost you the $8,000. But spending time in the outdoors like that is priceless. Priceless. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that out of everything like that, I know that I'm sure that this person's narrow view of hunting is, you know, the toothless wonder with a can of uh, uh, barley pop in it's, one hand and the, the rifle in the version. other. It is. We're, they're the bad guy. They set the woods on guy. fire and get drunk and shoot everything that moves. Yeah. Well, you know, not to say that that's never happened, Native Americans. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where they come up with this list and you kind of go, all right, I see where you're going. That's Stop toxic masculinity the right there. <laughs> Was that toxic masculinity? Yes, it was. <laughs> Quite so. <laughs> well, I'm saying that, you know, that well, used to be a method of hunting uh, when it came to Native Americans. They would catch the woods on fire and... Start a small brush fire. Drive and, in uh, sure, that sure. way they, towards they, they the were, They people, were organized so. drives. They didn't have too many dogs. So. I, don't, I don't think... I can't remember the last time I ever witnessed an Iowa uh, forest fire deer drive. No. I'm, you know, maybe but I that missed was what, it. That's what they uh, did back then to survive. Yeah. Well, to it, live. It was one of those things back in the day. That and they were also controlling the underbrush. So they they're, didn't they're have about wild to say. forest fires. Yeah. So, California. Know, no one talks about okay. the good things. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, this toxic uh, masculinity, uh, manly skills that need to replace, um, I think that it's, I just think that it reinforces and makes those who know these things harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to change. There's no way. As a matter of fact, right. I'm going to put even more effort into making sure my son doesn't. It hardens your resolve. Yeah. It, I'm going to make sure that my son, even and my daughter. Absolutely. You know, doesn't uh, fall for two girls. The, they can shoot like nobody's business, skin deer, that's what clean I'm saying. fish. I, I was just fixing to say, I'm just going to keep taking them fishing because they're really enjoying it. And our good, good buddy of mine, his granddaughter loves fishing and going and you know, yeah. Courtney likes to go fishing, but she likes to go hunting. I think gator hunting is her favorite 
thing to do at all at all outdoor no i'd activities. say deer hunting she's pretty good deer hunting too well she does but she'll tell you right now her favorite thing gator hunting so let me ask you aaron since you've been extremely quiet during this is there such thing as toxic femininity oh boy oh my goodness i never really thought about it yeah like it's that. called feminazi nancy pelosi <laughs> yeah, yeah. hillary clinton it, there it you could go. be yeah yeah i guess the- is, is there such a thing i'm trying to think of an example uh, where uh I know not politi- I've been more political today than anything, and I'm, I've got to quit drinking. Here, here. Here. Let me pour you another cup. Chuck is Kamala that- Harris. I don't know what that means. I don't know. You don't know Kamala Harris? I'm trying to think yes. of what it would be. I mean, if your wife is yelling at you and all that stuff, it turns into the teacher from the Peanuts anyway. So uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not toxic. <laughs> you just kind of learn to go. No, 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 no. It's when it's when everything that comes out of their mouths is about you know how male. Men Males are, are just wrong about yeah. everything, and it's you know the patriarchy is the putting man-haters. down women. Yeah, yeah. That's not, well, that they're man haters. Yeah. Well, that well, you know what? We'll we'll get into it when we get back. No, it we is won't. the big we wild outdoors. Well, this will involve hunting <laughs> in the big wild outdoors, and we're brought to you by Brandon Ford and G Five Feet Outdoors. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. In the studio today, Braden Gunn, Glenn Kimmon, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George, and Chuck Ishne. He's here as well. That's uh, unique. There, there's just something for your article. My wife's texting me about trailer ball hitches right there. Ishnikawa. What is it? Trailer ball hitches? My the shin busters? What do, you, what do you mean? She need to get a hitch so she can pull a trailer. Well, you can't do That's that. That's my girl. Oh, she had to go get it, or she wants you to go get it and put it on? No, she needed a, a hitch, and I told her to go ahead and get her one of those that's got the two inch and the two and five sixteenths, and mm-hmm. she got it covered. And she knew what you were and talking about. And she put it in the, her toolbox in her Brandon Ford pickup truck, and she'll be good to go. <laughs> I think she just sent that to kind of tune him into a different direction. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, uh, before the break, uh, we were talking about the uh, toxic masculinity, and uh, I asked Aaron if there's such thing as a toxic femininity, and I said, I think the only time I can ever think of toxic femininity is when you're in a boat with a a woman who's the same age as you, and she's out fishing the crap out of you. (laughs) That's the only time. Because any other time, if it was your daughter or somebody smaller, you're always happy for them. And if it was your wife or your girlfriend or whatever who kills a, a big old monster buck, you're always happy for them. Uh, it seems like anything else, whether it be uh, hunting hogs or shooting or doves or anything else, you're always happy unless it comes to fishing. Why is fishing the only time that it gets to be toxic femininity? Because fishing is competitive. Well, I, I think so because you're in the more same so boat. Than, more so than hunting. Yeah, I, I would have to agree nah. with that. You don't think so? It depends so? on what tree stand you're Dude, in. The best. If, you get, if you're hunting with somebody and you say, well, how about you You go down there and you sit on the bottom, and uh, I'm going to go over here and sit on this other open field, and the other one says, well, why do you get the open field? I I, I want to sit on the open field. So, yeah, it is competitive. That is true. He does bring up a good point on that one. <laughs> well, but, I mean, it's you like you were saying about fishing, what I was going to say is, is I take Lori, for instance. We went to – the keys for the first time and she's like i don't know about all this offshore fishing blah 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 and she kicked your butt and she well she didn't kick my butt intentionally 
Let's just say that there is a certain strategy. <laughs> there's the competitiveness. There's, there's a certain strategy. No, 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 no. There's a, there's being okay. First off, there's being smart about it, and then there's just being a blooming idiot. Yeah, if my wife's got the interest enough to go out offshore fishing, of course I'm going to put her on the better mm-hmm. side of the boat on the first trip and get her hooked, which is what happened. They're right. So. It's not my fault that she became best friends with the captain that, you know, now he takes care of her and it's a, two against one when we're on the boat. But whatever. You cast the, over I there. I still get to fish. Over there, Lori. <laughs> hey, I still get to fish. I don't what, care. What is the better side of the boat? It's like 10 feet difference. Yeah, but the, if you're in the front of the boat, it's a lot better the than the side back of the, of the boat. boat with a guy that we go with that's got 230 something world records in the Keys that. Could catch a fish in a puddle in a parking lot. But what I'm saying is, there's ten feet difference from one side of the boat to the other. That side. When you're fishing structure, difference. it makes a huge difference, yeah. especially with that current. It, it's yep. kind of like when Braden said about direction. his son earlier. It's the one of those things that you go back to that time in your life when you were that guy. That there have been certain moments when we've been fishing with RT that on that side of the boat. They could catch as soon as it hits the water. They're catching a fish on my side of the boat. Nothing. I'm working like a son of a gun trying to catch stuff, and it is what it is. I know that uh, I went on with Brian Elkins one time. Uh, Leslie and I went down there. She was on the front of the boat. They anchored up. We were on a point, and they had the the perfect shot coming around the point of land. I was on the back of the boat on the left side as the boat was on the uh, port side. They were on the right side up front. Snook after snook after snook, one after another. Me, I'm throwing literally around them to go and try to catch anything. 20 feet over to their left, buckus, nothing. And they're, boom, got another one, boom, got another one. I was like, oh, my. You know what? Can I get up on the front of the boat? <laughs> it was like, nope. You having, you, fun? Your spot, you having fun, dear? Yes, yeah, I when, am. When it's time to pull the anchor up, you can get on the front. Yeah, of the sure. Yeah, get the front. Yeah, get the anchor. Yeah, it's all good. Get the anchor. Uh, but anyway, that was the article. If you want to read more into it, uh, go right ahead. I just thought I took great pride in knowing that there was only like 95 comments on their article on that page on askmen.com. And we have over uh, 30 of them over on ours alone. So, you know. We got more than almost half of what they got, so it's a good thing. And, of course, we got to talk about it on the show. But, anyway, turkey season's right around the corner. Chuck, you ready for it or no? Absolutely. I just finished making a couple hundred mouth calls and getting ready for the uh, big turkey extravaganza up in Webster on February 9th. That's going to be good. I know Toby's headed up for that, too. Toby will be there. Scott Ellis. um, uh, Rick Ferlita. Ferlita. uh, Yep. uh, Scott Fletcher. Um, there'll be about 20 different call makers, including myself. There's going to be um, a lot of food. Anthony Trust Palacios is going to be cooking. It's going to be a real nice event. We got about 500 people signed up to be there already. So. Well, you know, you know that uh, G5 is going to be doing one of those here pretty soon. Well, just let me know. And I think that every name that you just named is uh, trying to get them to get there as well. well and I perfect. even think I think uh, William Sullivan is going to show up and. Uh, uh, it's going to be food and fun and frivolity and all that kind of stuff. A lot of toxic masculinity. I, I, can't, I can't confirm or deny, but uh, word on the street is is that uh, they are going to bring in a big hitter, though. I, I will say I did use one of Chuck's mouth calls last year, and two Osceola gobblers died to it. So, what? Uh, what? Well, they, they answer to the death call? Yeah. 
Deaf, not death, but deaf. They, they were pitched, deaf turkeys. They pitched down and died. Really? Yeah. What kind of calls are you making where you don't even have to pull the trigger? I want one of those. <laughs> they just come down and crash. You just got to bring me, that's all. You ain't got to do nothing. Just got to go. Silver tongue the devil. When they hit the ground, I mean, they how, how much bigger a hitter do you get than Scott Ellis? I mean, he's a three-time Grand National calling champion. Well, that's true, but he's a calling champion. Oh. Is there a difference? I think so. <laughs> you know, three-time head-to-head. Wait a minute. Grand wait, 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 wait. What? what? So I have to give you a name that maybe you would say, oh, oh okay. I How much bigger that. do you get? He's a college. Never mind. Okay, go ahead. Uh, who, who, Bob Folkrod? I mean. Let's say his first name starts with an E and his last name start, ends with an R. <laughs> E-R for the turkey? We talked to him at the. He's already booked up. We were at him on our show twice. So yeah, but, how do you know he ain't coming? You called him? No, I talked to Mr. Bill. Oh, really? So he's not coming? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's coming. Are you sure? No. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> Mr. Bill will give us all the details, I'm sure, the first of the week, so we can start talking about it. it we'll is talk during the break, Chuck. Okay. You'll, you'll it's going to happen in the early parts of March, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great event. March 1st. Um, Isn't it, it March 1st? I it's believe the, it's going to uh, be the Saturday. The, I the hope fir- y'all's event goes good because I'll be at Florida Sportsman. Yeah, it's going to go good, Jonathan, whether we're fine. there or not. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It'll be good. No, I'm the talking Florida's about Mar- March, March 2nd is a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, so I You're think that's what it next, is. Two the 9th and 10th, yeah. 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 When they're doing their event, we're going to be in Fort Myers. Yeah. But I'm sure Fort we'll, miles. Get, uh, we'll get... Fort Myers. Fort Myers. <laughs> Here we are discussing our calendar amongst ourselves. Everybody can listen in if they like. <laughs> yeah. But I know March yep. is going to be a busy month. And, Very. Uh, of course, the end of February, everybody's going to be trying to get out and do a little scouting for the upcoming turkey uh, opening dates here in the Central Zone area. But uh, I know that uh, G5 is really putting together an exciting calendar for the months of March, April, and May. So it, it, I'm looking forward to it. It's and it's going to be, be a good event for a lot of people. Uh, we uh, posted a little thing up on our Facebook page to try to help you out. We do this every single year, but the uh, uh, the FWC comes out with their, uh, I guess, their Florida Spring Turkey Guide kind of deal where it kind of gives you a map of uh, the densities and areas and stuff like that. It gives you all management areas and uh, places that you can actually go uh, hunt without a quota permit. And uh, I think the one that I really do like is the uh, – there's the uh, – Florida Wild Turkey Distribution Assessment mm-hmm. map that shows you practically where everything is kind of located. And the sad part is, is there's a lot, it seems to be a lot more turkeys north of 70 than there are below 70. Well, that's the truth anyway. It's always been that way. And the problem is, is that those above 70 aren't really recognized by the FWC or, or by the NWTF as true Osceola. Actually, they are. Uh, All the way up to the north end of Levy County. Yeah, that's what. I, but there's that cross mark there too. There's that other. Yeah. Cross? There's a hybrid selection there, but for the most part, if you're south of that demarcation line, it's considered an Osceola. Yeah, well, I know it's right above uh, Log Landing, and it goes all the way yep. over through uh, all the way up to Rayford. Duval County, south end of Duval County. Yeah, yep. so there's a lot of them up there, that's for sure. But the bad part is, is that this distribution map is from 2011. So, need so we need a little bit of update. It hadn't changed that much, believe it or not. You don't know that. Yes, I do. No, you don't. I think he does. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I do. All right, so we are being a while. we got to take a quick break. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon toxic. Ford. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Jonathan, uh, Chuck, and uh, Billy Boy over there behind the glass with Aaron, who looked quite fetching today in her Cartoon Network t-shirt. Nice. Long sleeves because it's freezing outside. It ain't freezing. It's, it's chilly. It's t-shirt weather. Says it's, the guy who came, in with, a, came in with a guy with a parka on. It's, At least I'm in flip-flops. Easy. This jacket is about 10 years old, and it's very thin. Sure. So it is. Underneath the jacket, you have a long sleeve shirt, which is typical. Yeah, I always wear long sleeve, regardless. So uh, the other thing that we have posted on our uh, Facebook page, and of course, a lot of people have been talking about it since uh, the old folks up there at top of the world have decided to start arming themselves when they go out into public, and uh, they're afraid to uh, walk their uh, little pookies because of all the coyotes that are running around up there. Well, I apparently. sent you the uh, a link. Um, to now in Hillsborough County, where they're, what got me was the FWC is saying that they're very vital to the ecosystem. Yeah, that's nonsense. <laughs> I could not believe that they posted that, and the FWC, if it's truly the case that the the FWC said that they're very vital to the right. ecosystem when they're an invasive, uh, they're not native to Florida to start with or any part of the southeast. No, you have to understand something about the way that FWC is made up. You've got different divisions. So the division of hunting and managed lands is completely different from the division of species management because the biologists who work in managed lands and hunting are pro-hunting and, you know, they, they follow the North American model of game conservation, whereas the species conservation folks are all pretty much bunny huggers, and they don't really mesh. Well, that just kind of is kind of a odd mixture, you would think, uh, being Oil and uh, water with the FWC itself. But to have that tagged at the end of the article how important they are when uh around my house and and that goes in hand what i mentioned last week it kind of goes with the story earlier about hunting is no longer needed it's not a necessity of any sort um but the people the some of the same people not all of them that are complaining about it want somebody to do something about it (laughs) wants the fwc to come and remove them from their backyards uh it goes hand it goes back to well you're dictating how i live in the rural community and now that they're in the suburb areas and they're eating your pets, you want somebody to do something. Yeah, but yeah. they don't want them killed. They want them trapped and removed and relocated. And, and put them in your, back to your area. Yeah, <laughs> put them in my backyard yeah. instead of theirs. Right. Well, the thing I love it when you go to the FWC website, it says, you know, coyotes are found throughout Florida, according to their report. The presence of coyotes have been documented in all 67 counties. And I love this. This is the part I love. Coyotes arrived in Florida as part of natural range expansion Wrong. from western states and that is not true that is not true they would not be here if it weren't for bridges and the bridges that, that man built it's to not get just here. that it's, it's it's the trapping and importing right when they outlawed fox hunting they started hunting coyotes they're the yeah. original pythons that's right yep. and, and you got to remember that uh them and uh the things that they one of the good things about it is, you know, they eat armadillos like they're uh, oysters on the half shell. So uh, they're also true? not. Uh, they're also not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but let me get a guy well. on the phone and from our Lake Wales fan club that'll tell you right now with calves hitting the ground that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not a good time of year when they're they, uh, opportunistic feeders. They extremely. feed whatever's being born at that time. That's what they're concentrating on. Yeah, and uh, you know the thing is, is with the I had a guy came in. Uh, was asking me the question, you know, how guys get around where they kind of go, yeah, I got this coyote problem around the house. Um, what do coyotes like to eat? Lead. 
And I said, uh, 300 blackout. I said, please don't tell me that you're thinking about poisoning them or anything like that because that's wrong. That, then you're yeah. going to end up killing a lot more things yes, than you, you didn't mean there's, to. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of collateral damage when you start using poison. And he said, no, I'm not trying to poison them. I'm trying to get them a little bit closer for a better shot. And I said, well, then go out there and put anything you want out there. Hot dogs, uh, rancid chicken, they'll eat it. Pretty much. It propane. Later, pretty much it'll all come out there sooner or later, and they'll be there. I just, threw that out there, and he just didn't even pay me no money. I heard propane. I thought maybe, well, maybe the smell of propane would bring them in, because it does tannerite smell pretty rank. Tannerite works really good. Tannerite? Tannerite. Well, tannerite on a plate of chicken? I have seen. Let me put let, let me put it to you this way. I will not di- disclose the location, but I saw a video where a guy took a propane tank off of a gr- little propane tank off of a grill laid it on its side, barely cracked it open, and you sat there and thought for a second, well, what in the Sam Hill is he trying to accomplish? Put it out in the middle of a field within 15 minutes. If there was one, there was about, oh, probably 18 to 20 different coyotes that were coming in to that tank. But is that environmentally friendly as well i mean well the thing is when they say environmentally friendly i know what you said when you said that they they wrote this article and it said they really help control the population of rodents and small predators such as i love this foxes possums and raccoons uh so that's what bobcats are for that's what they're and eagles red-tailed hawks i mean everything else it says with naturally occurring higher densities we can quickly overpopulate in an area duh and it says removing coyotes for the purpose of eradication is ineffective and inefficient method of controlling population that is true Uh, but but you can't control the population by hunting you can keep it to a minimum. That's right. right. When you say removing, that like it's you just never said, happen. no, it's you, not going to just like happen. the hogs. You're not going to get rid of everything, but you got to have a manageable. You got to do something to manage the population. Yeah. Now, yeah. if we took some of the panthers out of South Florida and spread them across the rest of Florida, oh, dear Jesus. it would it would reduce the pan the uh, coyote population dramatically. Yeah. Well, uh, I love it. Here's their articles of living because yeah, now we the have deer to, and the hogs. Because <laughs> no? now we have to just but rare. we have to learn to just live with the coyotes. It's kind of like well, lionfish. There's really not what we can do, but so let's just learn to live together. Yeah, but you know they they promote killing as many lionfish as you can get your hands on. Well, they do now. Well, but they remember, need to do that with the coyotes too. Well, feeding a well, coyote, they're not opposed to it. Some of them are. I actually had a biologist from FWC make a comment that. We were just being reactionary and frightened of coyotes. I said, I'm not afraid of coyotes. I just want them to be a balance. Well, you're not afraid of them because of, you know, we are, I guess, more mature human being. But if you have a a kid out there, and I will say this to be in comparison, my neighbor uh, with a new newborn baby crying all the time or whatever newborn babies do when it's time to eat. Whenever uh, my daughter calls me and says, hey, there's a, I think it's a coyote, but it's sitting in front of their brand new house looking at their front door just laying down at looking at the front door well i know they don't have waiting on his opportunity so i'm just thinking did he hear that baby crying and just decided i'm just going to sit here and wait and see what comes out yeah it might be it sound like a squalling rabbit you know a wounded rabbit and they're doing what they got to do but uh, i don't know where they get their information from but uh you know of course we know that feeding wildlife is illegal when it comes to that but it doesn't seem to be a crime when you're doing it for doves or anything else but uh but coyotes, you know, they lose uh, their fear, as they will. Uh, they give you the same spiel they gave you with the bears. Make sure your garbage is secured and uh, secure your livestock in a predator-resistant enclosure. And uh, this one, of course, keep your pets in enclosed areas. Walk dogs on a short leash. 
And that includes cats as well. Yeah, short leash doesn't seem to be working because that's what happened to the lady over in the Sefner area. She had her dog on on the leash. So did the one at Top of the World. So Mm -hmm. the leash thing, keeping it on a short leash, that's out the window now. Yeah, and I I don't know where they get this statistic, but average coyote weight, how much do you think that would be? 30 pounds. About 25 pounds. You think? Uh Uh-huh. Well, y'all must have some skinny boys over there because over here in Pinellas County, them suckers look like big, healthy German they're shepherds. Eating, they're eating feral cats. They yeah. are eating like kings over here because I think... That's why they moved over here, come across the bridge, because <laughs> they donate everything to the east of you, so they have to move west. I'm telling you, uh, but all the ones that I've ever seen over here, especially over in the Weed Island area and stuff around 62nd Avenue, mm-hmm. dude, they got to be at least 50, 60 pounds. They are there's, huge. There's some big ones. They are big, they are, big I mean, but, but the average weight... It's about 25 to 30 pounds. Well, they're wily. You know, yeah. they got to get into this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if you see one with an Acme box or an anvil, you know, yeah, be, be call, on look call out the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> no, you better look overhead because they're after you. <laughs> we'll show him. If he's going by on rocket skates uh, with a box no of dynamite. Right. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. All I have to say is, is I warned my neighbors around McIntosh Road that there's two that uh, I'm not a cat person by no means, but my favorite barn cat disappeared and I haven't seen her for a while. And let's just say daddy's got their pattern about figured out. So, yeah. I think how they got across the I'm going to be real reactionary. Over sure. here on your neck of the woods, Braden, they got them on them Acme jet skis. Yeah. And uh, they just made their way over. Yeah, they'll all be over at the party at Gasparilla today, man, hanging out. But uh, you can protect yourself, as the FWC recommends. You can wave your arms in the air and yell, and that'll like usually get, just a, don't care. get a coyote yeah. to retreat a little bit. Noisemakers. I love it. They Noisemakers. We got up, that covered. They actually came up with a real name for it, the coyote shaker. It's made from placing pebbles or coins in an empty container. can be an effective noisemaker. And throwing small stones or sticks towards, but not all coyotes. Small stones. And, and when they get used to that little noisemaker you make, the baby rattlers, they'll just th- come right to it. Hey. My favorite noisemaker is a 20-team man. I was going to say, does a small stone count if it's made of lead and copper? Is it all uh, sure. Cool? Okay. It's Wrist a projectile. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors, where you can actually go get some really nice stuff to protect yourself from coyotes, including coyote Shows chokes for your dogs. shotguns. And and uh, Brandon Ford will be back.